MLM Nation, episode 564. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built teams to over 80,000 and is now a full-time business coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us right now. Here is Simon Chan. Hey, ML Nation, Simon Chan. Before we go to the show, you know how important events are, right? Almost 550 episodes. Most leaders, almost 90% of the leaders talk about their light bulb moment was at an event. And right now, we're only a couple weeks away from no BS, no hype. This is the longest running generic training event in Australia. For more information, check out nobsnohype.com. We're going to talk about the 10 stages of online duplication, everything from using Instagram stories to doing meetings online to Zoom, the Facebook groups, and lots of other things. And we're going to have a working session as well. Right now, you can go check it out. If you listen to this in time, you still can get the early bird tickets. Just go to nobsnohype.com. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. I'm fired up to bring our special guest today. It's an incredible story. When Once I found out about her, I said, hey, we need you to get on ML Nation. We have Michelle Eldridge. Hey, Michelle, are you ready to make it happen? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so fired up. Super honored to be here. I am literally so excited. The reason I wanted Michelle to get on here uh, is to check out her story. Michelle Eldridge grew up in a drug-filled environment that affected most of her family. Now, she never thought she'd be into drugs, and she made straight A's in school until she got raped at 14 years old. And that night, she had snuck out with her boyfriend and ended up taking so many shots of alcohol that she passed out and then found herself raped by a man that was not her boyfriend. This eventually spouted to low self-esteem and got into drug abuse. By the time she was 21, she had gone to rehab at least five times and been in and out of jail. Afterwards, she found herself homeless because she couldn't get a job because of her past, and she had to sell her body to feed her addiction and to make ends meet. And we're going to talk more about that. Somewhere along the way, she met a man that helped her out a little bit, and then also got her going to church, which eventually things led to Michelle getting introduced to network marketing. Today, Michelle is a network marketing leader and one of the top leaders in her company. In the last two years, Michelle has built a team that has over 500 customers. She's won numerous incentive trips. And she's also spoken at Ray Hayden's event and also at ANMP. So Michelle, I've given ML Nation just a brief intro, but please uh, take us back to your past. And then before we talk about what you've learned in your ML journey, yeah, share. I have so many questions. It's just an incredible story. Well, well, as you said, you know, I grew up in this environment that was like for generations, it was, it was, it was drugs. And there was very few that weren't on drugs in my entire family. And so it was like, it just kept going and going. And, and it was, there was never a steady person like in my life, you know, my mom, she was on drugs and, you know, she was young and, and then my dad wasn't around. So I was bounced here, there and yonder. And I would just say, it was like, I'm never going to be that. I will never be that. And I would go to school and I just loved it. Um, it was like my safe place. Like I'd done good there. I was recognized there. I got attention there. And outside of my great grandparents, that was really the only stability I had. So fast forward, I ended up having to go live with my dad. Um, me and my sister, my, or my sister was taken away and she got put in foster care and Long story short, they ended up telling me that my mom could get one back easier than she could get two. And so I went and lived with my dad, who I'd never really met at all. I was 13 years old and then become 14. And and he was he was the same way, obviously not to, maybe not to the extreme as my mom, um, but he had the same kind of things. It was it was he was on drugs and so uh, and in the process of trying to get off him. So it was a crazy like transition. I didn't know him. And I was a good kid. I really was a good kid. And then, like I, like you said, I snuck out and it was just, I didn't know how to cope. After that happened, it was like, like that's how I lost my virginity. I was a kid. You know, you want to fit in when you're a kid. You don't realize really what could happen really. Like, you know, but you don't think it's ever going to happen to you. And up until that point, there was no way in my mind, like, I never thought that I would turn to drugs. And then there I was. I didn't know how to deal with anything. And everybody dealt with it, with drugs. That, that's how everybody dealt with it around me. And so 
It's like, I'm going to see what the big deal is. Mm. Hey, and, I'm always, fa- I'm going to ask you, I have to uh, cut you off and ask you a couple questions. I'm fascinated. Right, um, so what type of drugs, because people, were you, that your parents did? Well, oh. um, they, well, anything that they get to get their hands on mostly, but I'll just tell you, like, first, like, I started out smoking marijuana, and then I, I never could drink again after that. I may have drunk one time, twice total since then, because it just, I couldn't do it. But I, I started out, Heavy, like there was no in in between for me. Some people starting out taking little pills or little pain pills. I was an IV drug user from almost the jump. It was like one time was all it took because then it was like I didn't feel bad or dirty or ashamed or gross because in the town I lived in, I was the one in the wrong for sneaking out. I should have never snuck out. To, to go with my little 14-year-old boyfriend. I shouldn't have done that. So I was in at the fault. He never got in trouble ever, ever, ever. And still to this day, it's, it's never been. And so I was guilty. And, and that was that was easy. It was like one time and I didn't feel it anymore. Hmm. I didn't have to worry about it. It wasn't on my mind. I was just numb to everything. And that's good things or bad things. I was just numb altogether. And that's how I learned to live my life. Hmm. Like, just like they did. And and it was just such a cycle like that proved that it, it's it's tough to, to to get away from. And I had a scholarship to college, like I could have went anywhere I wanted to go. Anywhere I wanted to go. And it didn't happen. It did not happen because I went that route. And so So when you say like IV uh, for those who don't know, IV use, what drugs? Yeah, like so what is that? A needle to inject the drugs. So like what's the one? Heroin? What is pills. Yeah, well, it could be anything from heroin, morphine, any kind of any kind of anything, because you can't be a um, like really choosy when you start at zero every day, zero dollars, right? So whatever you get, and then when you're in that shape, it's like whatever will go into this needle is what I'm going to do today, mm-hmm. and that is literally um, how it was. Now I will say my parents didn't do that, but the people around them did, and everybody it lasted longer. Like that that was the what was told to me. So I was broke. Obviously I was a kid. And so they, my friends would steal like pain pills and stuff from their friends. When I was, after that happened, then we would do them together. Hmm. And we were just kids, kids Hmm. that literally had like, it's insane to me to think back to it because it's like, where was these like teachers even, we skipped class. Somehow I was still in the top 10 of the class. Like we weren't in class. We were getting caught smoking and there was nobody. And that's, and that's like Ray Higgins, he says to me, or he says all the time, he's like, you play the hand you're dealt. You, you don't have to fold just because you got a cracking hand. And, and I'm, um, that's what I kept doing. I just kept playing the cards after I chose that one like I went down that wrong road, and from then I kept playing those cards, whatever they were. Yeah. And I was convinced that rehab would help me. And my great grandparents wanted it so bad for me that I would just, you know, go and be cured, and it would be great. That's just not how it works. It doesn't work like, oh, you go to rehab and you come home and you're cured. It doesn't. You have to want it. You have to be so mentally ready and done. And people say. When you hit rock bottom, that's when it'll happen. And I'm here to tell you, I've been way below the bottom, and it never crossed my mind to quit. I woke up every day wishing that I could just kill myself, like hating every moment that I was awake because I had to start over all over again and still didn't want to quit. But it takes one to quit to quit. And then when you do want to quit, you don't necessarily need um, – rehab obviously it's good if you could do it but i didn't when i quit shooting up there was no rehab involved Mm. and it was just uh, it was just uh, in your head that's where it mostly lives is in your head it's not like like yeah you feel it when you don't have it after your body is addicted but your mind is more addicted than anything that's like in anything success 95 percent is up in the mind right five percent is the physical like if you don't want it it's like quitting, right? Your mind can go way further than you quits way earlier than the body quits. Um, it's like network marketing, wanting it. You may not have the skills, but if you want it, you're going to be successful. Or you can have the skills, but if you don't want it, you're not going to be successful. 
Exactly. And it's and that's what I told somebody the other day, I think it was Tom Chanel, I was like, what it serves me in business because I know what it's like to start from zero. And every day I woke up, I had no doubt in my mind that I was going to get the drug. Like I would come up with three and $400 a day without a doubt or fear of rejection or, or whatever it was, it's going to happen. And, and it did every single day. And then I'm on the street. I'm 18 years old. I'm going in and out of jail and I was homeless and they would, I would go to jail just to get off the winter cold. Like I didn't have a blanket or they would run me out of this like farmer's market thing that I was sleeping in. And so I would go, I would be on probation because I would be either like publicly intoxicated or something and they would arrest me. So I'd be on probation and I would go ask the judge. I literally ask him, will you please put me in jail? Let me do my time in there. And he's like, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. I'm freezing to death. Please put me in jail. And he put me in jail. And and I learned a lot. Like in, today, I, I look back and people are like, what would you do any differently? Like, would you change that? And I promise you, as much that I went through, I would not change a second of it. Because then my life wouldn't be what it is right now. Yeah. You know? So. Uh, somehow you met a man that changed your life. What what happened? And, and then Sherba, how did that lead to network marketing? Okay, so um, I'd actually just got out of jail and um, I was 20 years old. Went to this car wash and he was washing his car, truck. And um, I asked him, I'm like, I just got out of jail. I'd love to ride around. And he kind of knew what that meant. Like, he, he knew. So we get in his truck. He never rinses the truck. Drove off with soap on it. And from that day on, I never got out of the truck, basically. And we were sleeping in that truck, or we were at his mom's house, or we were at my mom and her man's house a couple days. But he told me, he told me to my face one day, he said, if we're going to make this happen, if we're going to make us a real thing, we're going to have to get a life. And otherwise, we're just going to have to part ways if this is what we're going to keep doing. And... In the moment, I, when he asked me that, it hit me. It was like, like I felt something for the first time in so long. And it wasn't like just anything. I actually cared about a human, cared, period, but about a human. Hmm. And, it, and, it, and I just didn't want to give it up. So I was in my mind, I'm like, am I willing to deal with the sadness, the guilt, the, the all that again? Am I willing to deal with that in order to have hit. And the answer was yes. And so he went to work. We got a camper. Fast forward, we got a camper. And um, he went to work one day, and it was in there laying for me. Wait. And I closed myself up in that hot little tiny room and sweated all day and didn't touch it. And then from there, um, I started going to church. And Fast forward a little bit later, we get pregnant after that. So it made it easier to just, you know, to not want to do it. But, but I didn't want to. Like after I actually decided it on my own, it wasn't as hard as I had it in my head that it would be to put down that needle. Like it was it was that that I was more addicted to, to any, than anything was mm. the poke. That was it really. Hmm. You know, I want to add something. You said you used the word decided. And I was just listening to, I was doing my personal development today and talking about the word. I think this helps ML Nation. Decide. When you make a decide, and that word comes to the word side, means put to death, right? So like genocide, homicide is death. So when you decide, you're basically making a decision. Something's got to die off. And so when you mean that you decided you're not going to do it, you basically say, hey, all my drug abuse, that's dead. And you moved on. Literally. And my name was... I I tell people this, like my name at the time, and you can Google it and you'll find all kinds of things. Michelle Parrish was my name. And to me, she died right then, like that whole person. And, And Michelle Eldridge is a completely different person. And that is, I say that. So the the way that you said, you know, the definition even, I didn't realize that, but it totally, that is exactly what I done. I literally killed off that whole side of who I used to be. And and it was work every day. And we fast forward and we get a mobile home. We move it on his family's land, la da 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 da. 
and he gets shot in 2015. How did that happen? He was literally driving down the road. We have no idea. It was dark. He was driving down the road, and he must have saw them because he put his hand up like this, and he had one arm on the steering wheel like this, and the bullet went through like it's a reflex to put your hand up. The bullet went through his palm and then hit an artery in his arm, and um, he drove home like that. He had a leather jacket on. I think that's what saved his life, but he drove home. He told me to open the door, and he laid in the bathroom floor and let out. I called 911. And um, they come. Anyway, long story short, he started suffering from PTSD. He didn't really remember what happened. And he was hearing voices. They had to put, like, uh, a vein from his foot to replace the artery in his arm. And it was just a mess for two years straight. I couldn't get any help. Like, there was nothing. He didn't believe anything was wrong. Okay. And I kept begging them to help the law, the police enforcement, the hospital, everybody. And they're like, we can't. Unless he does something, I'm like, well, he's going to do something. Like, he is, he's not himself right now. And he did something, so he ends up getting arrested. And then there I am, no savings, no car, no nothing, with two kids. My phone is my only lifeline, okay? It's all I had. I didn't have friends. That's the way that I lived because that was the way that I was going to stay off the net. So I stayed home with my kids. I'd had a little girl at this point. And um, I, I'm just there. And I, I, I'm i like, well, maybe I'll apply for a job. So I did. I couldn't. I didn't have a car, but I applied online. I didn't have a babysitter. So if I'd have got the job, I don't know how I would have done it, but I was going to try. And even if I had to walk to work, if, if, if it would have worked out somehow. And I couldn't get it because they ran a background check, stuff that had happened years and years and years ago. And so... I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, my kids are, one's in diapers, one's potty training, and we have nothing. And I was invited, I was on Facebook looking, and I was invited to one of those, like, Facebook events. And um, I never looked at those things, really, because to me, and, and it's not their fault, truly, they don't know what they don't know, and they only know what they're taught, a lot of people. I mean, network marketing and direct sales, whatever. Um, I thought they were spam people. So I never looked at those things when I was invited. And so I looked at this one and I saw what she was doing. And I'm like, that looks easy enough. Um, And ironically, um, it did happen to be in makeup and I didn't wear that. But I let myself go to the point that almost like it would work in two ways. So I messaged her. She's making money. It's simple. She looks pretty. She says she feels good, whatever. And so I start researching because that's kind of person I am. And so I'm researching and I'm like all these other companies. And I'm like, some of them had auto ship and inventory. And I was so broke. There was no way that I thought I could do anything like that. So I asked her, I'm like, how much is this or this? She's like, there's none of that. Well, how much is it to do it? And she told me. And after tax and shipping, it was $231. I'd already spent that $40. So I literally went through my kids' toys Literally, they're kids' toys. I took pictures off my wall, and I didn't have a surplus of clothes, but the clothes that I could absolutely get rid of would still, like, have three outfits, I did. And I sold them on the Facebook yard sale thing and until I got $231, and then I joined. And that's how I found it. And it was so it's – so, um, it's, it's so profound, like – how things get put in your life when you don't realize that, that they're going to amount to anything because I was terrified. But I saw other people, they were going live and stuff, and I'm like, because I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I don't even know how to put this on. Like, I don't have a clue. But I, I went live anyway, and I told people, I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And you may know of me from my past. You may know, you may think you know all these things about me, But if I can put this on me and it can look good and I can afford it, then you may may consider checking it out. I don't know. And within two weeks, I'd made my money back. And that was just blind, blindly doing whatever. But I wanted to, first of all, show up in front of them and let them know that they're not going to say anything to me that I'm not willing to put out there. (laughs) And then that, you know, 
when the gift of desperation really kicks in and the pain of where you are truly gets you to want to be out of it, like if you're comfortable where you are, you're probably not going to do much. But if you're not, if you're uncomfortable enough, it doesn't have to be financially even. It could be fulfillment. It could be anything. That was my gift, the Mm. gift of desperation. Mm. Even without, like my upline, she was pregnant, uh, super pregnant, so she took a break, and she had postpartum, and I didn't have help. I was, like, in the wind, and the company was really new, so it really was the blind leading the blind. Mm. And it served me to not try to be perfect, you know? Just be like, look, I may suck, but here we are. What's up, MLM Nation? It is time for this week's show ambassador. Drum roll, please. Guys, this week's show ambassador is Ange Lehman. Ange, hopefully I'm not messing your name up. I just see A-N-G. Hopefully it's not Ong or something like that. But Ange, congratulations, you made it. Ange says, running university. Some call their training on podcasts and cities their rolling university because they listen when they're commuting. I've enjoyed listening to Simon Chan of my runs ever since meeting him at Mastermind event in 2015. Now I have a running university that trains my body and my mind to think bigger. Wow, incredible. Great feedback, Ange. I I really appreciate that. Podcasts are beautiful for that because you don't have to look at anything. So it allows you the opportunity to train your brain while you're doing other things. So while you're, you know, doing the yard or, you know, letting your kids play in the park or, or, you know, you're out for your morning run or your commute to work. Uh, you can plug in, you can feed that brain and, and get that mind vitamin first thing in the morning. So, and shout out to you. You are this week's show ambassador. Let her hear it, folks. Congratulations. And if you would like to be featured as next week's show ambassador, guys, just leave us a rating and a review. Super simple. Every week, we will select, handpick our favorite, and boom, a star is born. I'm looking forward to reading your review to the world. Now back to Simon and the show. So, well, when you never did network marketing before. This is your first time. What year was this when you got started? 2017, September 2000- 2nd, almost two years. September 2nd, 2017, start. It's an incredible story. How did you get people? And I'm going to talk about Facebook Live in a second. I uh, know yeah. so you're, you're insane consistency. But let's talk about... People probably saw you just like a you know, drug addict, hasn't done much, and then out of jail. How did you did you build a new how did you find prospects? Well, when I started, I only had 125 Facebook friends. I did not have Instagram whatsoever. I wanna start by saying that. I didn't have family or friends that I could just call up and say, Hey, do you wanna try this? So when you say how did I find it was like a literal market. I didn't have anyone. Okay. And so I got on Facebook. And, and I literally, I, I immediately changed my stuff to public because I figured that no one here from here would ever buy from me. And so I'm like, I, I've got to get this public so that it can be shared. And so the stuff that I got, like in my sign up kit or whatever, I would, I would tell people, if you share this, I'll, somebody's going to win this. And like, I'd put names in a drawing at first because I didn't know how else to get out there except shares. And I didn't know how to properly do lives at the time. Um, I just knew I was going to do it. And so that's what I would do. I leveraged that at first being public. And and slowly I ended up, uh, it wasn't really, actually wasn't slow, but it felt it at the time. It felt like an eternity. But people would start messaging me, how much is that? Uh, or my friend uh, shared your video is there a way that I can get this or can you help me pick this or that? And I would be like, yes. And so I set referral things up for them so that they could get free stuff to refer friends. So then they would share my videos and any other friends that mentioned their name because they shared, they get free stuff. So that turned into like a plague. People want free stuff. Everybody likes free. <laughs> and so their friends were coming to buy from me. They were getting helped. I was getting helped. Everybody was getting helped. But then I started Googling. Okay. And found Ray Higdon, Jessica Higdon, and um, 
learn the proper way to prospect and actually market uh, myself and do Facebook lives. So from then on, I started messaging 20 people a day that I didn't didn't matter if I knew them or not. I messaged them. And I don't mean like, oh, you send a random link to a stranger or whatever. I would literally ask 20 people. I could not go to bed without messaging 20 people. There was no, nope, nope, nope. So I would message them. I would ask them if they were open to more information. And if they were, then I would send it to them. But I would always say, if not, no big deal. Um, and I hope you don't think I'm a weirdo. Because because what I'd done was I wanted them to understand that I'm human too. I have feelings by putting in like, you know, I hope you don't think I'm a weirdo. But I also wanted them to know that I'm not going to message you and be like, how are you? How's your kids? How's your dog? I'm going to send you an apple pie and really <laughs> hope to squeeze my business opportunity or my products into our conversation acting like I care when in reality I have a motive, I have a reason that I'm messaging them. And so people love that I was to the point and that I called the elephant out in the room. So if I was messaging you, I would be like, Hey Simon, how are you? Hope you're doing well. Listen, this could, this may be completely out of your ballpark. I don't know, but I'm messaging you um, because I'm doing this new thing. I found this makeup. I wouldn't be messaging you about makeup, but I found this makeup. It's quick. It's affordable. And if you're open to it, I'd love to send you a video about it. And if not, no big deal. I really hope you don't think I'm a weirdo. And whether they got the information or not, I got way more responses when I started doing that versus the other way that I didn't know what I was doing. And so I've done, I've done that consistently. The words have very little changed over and over. And, and by utilizing like videos and tools and stuff, I didn't ever have to really know it myself. Mm. So it was like, here you go. And then if they liked it, great. If they didn't, great. But I was talking to so many people that I didn't worry about the rejection. Right. There was no, there was no time for Sally didn't read my message. I, I didn't have, I didn't look back at Sally. Well, you have like, 20 people and 19 other people to look at, to follow up with. And the next day you have 39. Right. Yeah. Three days later, you have 59 and then eight, 89. Then you lose track of the person that says, yeah. and you're very direct. You keep going. Right. And, and, and people appreciated that. You would be surprised the people that even said no, that I would ask. They're like, I don't wear makeup or whatever. Or I'm happy with my whatever. But that would say, or maybe even about the business opportunity. Like, even if they said no, I would ask them, was there anything in my message that gave you a red flag or turn you off. And I asked so many people that mm. and ever, there was not one person who's ever gave me a rude comment. Not one person who ever said anything like pyramid scheme or nobody has ever said anything like that to me. And I have message. I still do this and I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to message people like that anymore. And I still do it. And nobody's ever been rude to me by being direct because somebody messaged me. How are you yesterday? Don't know me. I blocked them. What do you want? Just tell me what you want, buddy. Just, just say it because our, as, as humans now in this day and age, we have a really high talk. Like we know. And so when that beep, 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 somebody don't knows you, they're like, how are you? And how's your family? What? What is it that you really want? And that's what everybody goes to. And and I think like, what people, would I want somebody to say to me? Yeah. You know? People don't have time, too. They're busy. Right? You're, you're not the, when you send a message to that person, you're not the only message they're getting. The person, that person's getting dozens and dozens of work messages, friend messages. So they have yeah. no time to like chit chat. They want you to get right to the point. Exactly. Most people don't realize that. We're sitting around thinking about our companies and our products, but nobody else is. It's just like with follow-up. Like, it took so much effort for, for, for me to get my team um, at the very beginning to understand that you have to. And you're not bothering anybody. They forget they're human. They're busy. They're not thinking about your message all the time. They're not, they don't have time. Do you yeah. have time? I don't have time. And, and so I need reminded. And so I treat them the way that I would want somebody to do for me. And it serves us. It serves us all as a whole. It's just 
I don't know. I don't. I don't f- ever feel like I'm bothering anybody. Number one, because nobody's ever said anything like that. But my energy towards it has never been somebody's going to be mean back to me. I yeah. don't think that in my head. It's they will or they won't. Somebody like I've got to keep going. They, they actually appreciate it when you follow up with them because they know that they they're the ones who drop the ball because they're busy. Right, and so when you follow up with them, oh, thank you so much for follow up. I haven't had a chance to, I haven't chance, had a chance to look at it. Exactly. But that goes and from the mindset. If, if you're thinking negative, I don't know, no one wants to join, then you're going to get that, right? If you think, like, oh, these people are busy, I got a great business, they just they can't watch, can look at it, then you're not going to feel that way. Exactly. If you think they're not going to like it or they're not going to walk, they're not. Uh, it's just, it's so true. Whether you think you can or you can't, like whatever you think, it doesn't matter. It's true. Like it's going to happen most likely, whichever way you want it to go in your head, whether you think you want that or not. But if that's what you're putting out, that's, that's, it's true. It's really been true for me. You know, even this interview, I mean, I was so excited to uh, talk to you. And I remember because of my summer schedule of baseball that you booked it like weeks in advance. And then like two days ago, it's like, what? I'm talking to Michelle. On Thursday, I'm like I can't. It seems like I just messaged you, <laughs> but time goes by fast. I totally kind of forgot about it. I was excited about it, but time goes by fast. Yes, right. We're busy and busy. People have we have lot, everyone has lots of things going on. So if you are like Michelle said, if you people are not watching video, it does not mean they're not interested. Especially if you're watching this during the, listening to this during the summer, they got stuff going on. Yes, and like I mean, in most of these people, most everybody have jobs they have kids or they have something and they're not like i like i said they're not sitting around thinking about what you're doing right they yeah. don't have time they really don't and i think i think that as humans and like you said you personal you know you do personal development i do it every day too and so like i learned that everybody else is worrying about what everybody else is thinking about them they don't have time to worry about what you're you know what you're doing where we're worried about rejection or somebody saying no or not watching the video. I don't want to bother them. They're like, it's really just not with the story we're telling ourselves. Cause just the fact is people are busy. They yeah. just are. That's it. You know, if you worry about what people are thinking about you, like I said, people are not up there. Oh, that girl, Michelle, oh, I can't believe they're not thinking about you. Right. They're, they're worried about what other people, they worry about what Michelle you're thinking about them. Yes. Man, I don't want to message her because then she'll know I haven't really had time to watch it. But I want to tell her that I did or that I ain't had time. I don't like what if she says this or what if she thinks that like that's how they're thinking, too. We're not the only ones, you know, but we have to take this right. initiative because it's our job. Yeah, you brought up a great point. They may think, oh, I, I shouldn't. What happens when she gets back to me? She may think I'm lazy or I lied to her because I said I was going to look at it, but I didn't look at it or I'm not integrity. Or like uh, I have bad time management, or I got things getting away. I'm going to let her down. You don't know. They may be thinking that you while the whole time you're thinking, oh, they're not interested. No, they're worried about oh, I, you know, I should have said yes to Michelle because I got the kid have the kids. I feel bad. They're feeling bad. They didn't yep. watch it. Yep, exactly. And then you're like, and like I said, it's your job to get back to them. It's not their job, right? It's your job. And so if you don't, and then somebody else does. Right, you're gonna feel really bad. Yeah, you're gonna be like, man, that blows. And then that's a person you missed that you could have impacted directly, and then they got impacted by somebody else indirectly from you. And, and then if you ever happen to get to uh, message someone that's very successful, they always appreciate people with great follow up. <gasps> always appreciate it. You know, I remember when I first started the show, ML Nation. Like now, of course, it's easy to get people on the, on the show. But I remember when I first started on, there was, um, this was back in 2014, late and early 2015. Like it was harder to get leaders on, right? Because people come and go. And But I remember um, a couple of people that Calvin Becerra said to me. I followed up with him like six, seven months. And the first words that he got when he was just like, you know, Simon, I don't even know your background, but you must be pretty successful because you follow up with me like crazy. And I used yeah. to follow them every two weeks, every week, message, can you get on the show? Because he said they would, but they wouldn't. But people are just busy, you know, yeah, and successful are. people appreciate follow-up. Those emails I got from you, like, that, I'm like, that is it. Because you can't, they're busy. They're busy. People, everybody is just, they're all busy. We're all busy. <laughs> For real. 
Hey, this has been really good. I know I respect your time. We got to move on. There's a couple other things I want to talk to you about. Okay. Talk about Facebook lives real quick, maybe for one or two minutes. What's like the formula for Facebook lives? Okay, so for me, and I, like I said, that I learned a lot from Ray Higdon, and so, but for me, what works is number one, not to overthink it, but the exact formula, okay, is you want to get on there and you want to introduce yourself. And that doesn't mean, as a network marketer, okay, it doesn't mean, hi, I'm Michelle, I've been on, I've spoke on AMP, and you know, I spoke with Ray Higdon stage twice. That's not what you're doing on a Facebook live. You're going to say maybe, um, Hey, I'm Michelle from Tennessee and then move on. Okay. You want the people watching to understand that they can do what you do. The more credible you make yourself, they're going to, they're going to think, um, you know, wow, that's really awesome, Michelle, but I couldn't do that. Right. We don't want them to think that we want them to know because they can, do what we do. So it's intro, hi, my name is, and then it's your question, which is your title. Okay. And your titles need to be thought out. Don't just put let's chat. Okay. Really think about your title. People like to be educated, entertained, inspired, motivated. So don't overthink it, but do more than let's chat. Okay. So basically you just say whatever your title is. Um, how would you like to lose weight without exercise, right? And then your question would be, so it's, hi, my name's Michelle. Um, how would you like to lose weight without having to exercise? Are you busy like me? And then you go into your content, right? And then you recap, you tell them what you told them, right? And then you end the video with your call to action. And you always want to have some kind of call to action, whether it's more tips around losing weight and then put your product in there. But, but really you, you want a call to action of some kind and most people aren't ready to buy just yet. So offering more information on whatever it is that you're doing, or even if it has nothing to do with that, you could be talking about grooming dogs and say, having nothing to do with grooming dogs. I know a lot of y'all are like, if you're like me, you've got bills, maybe you're in debt. Um, I've got a really cool way to make money from your phone, your spare time. If you want to hear more about it, um, I'd love to send you some information, get in my inbox or whatever. But it doesn't have to be to do with your topic, but always have a CTA. But that's really it. You tell them who you are because some people don't hear you until you say your name. Like you introduce yourself. They can see it says Michelle Elders by my name. And some of them has been following me for a long time. And I still say my name in every video. And so... Uh, Michelle, whatever your title is, ask them a question, tell them what you're going to tell them, and then tell them what you told them and end the video with a call to action. And that has served me for almost two years now. Live videos has been the key to every single window, and my kid is in here, that has opened for me. Uh, it's, it's, it's gave me... A huge audience from 125 to thousands and thousands of people. And I literally, like I said, I didn't even have Instagram. And I've got like 4,000 over there now. And it's not even been two years. But I've been consistent with it. And that's what works. Consistency. Um, speaking about consistency, how important is consistency to success? Oh, my gosh. Like, this is almost one of my, besides culture, this is my favorite topic ever because people will see a new strategy or they'll, Cece, okay, yeah, sorry. Mom. That's all right. But they'll hear a new strategy or hear something else, and then they'll want to change what they're doing. And if you have something that works and you think that what I said is good, don't change it, Okay. Use If something's working, you don't need to change it. But you do need to do whatever you're doing for a long period of time. Whether you're, If you're just reaching out to people, two people a day, you're doing more than so many people. Okay? But for me, as far as consistency, every single day I post on Instagram, I post on Facebook. Every single day, I do at least seven story segments on Instagram, and I share them to Facebook. Every single day, I message 20 people. Every single day, I send 10 gratitude messages. Every single day, I comment on at least 10 people's stuff, real genuine comments that are not in my newsfeed. These are things that I do every 
day. And and most every day I do a video somewhere, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, it's somewhere. And this is every day. And these little things, right, if you've never messaged 20 people, don't start messaging 20 people. Start with two or three or five or something. But whatever you do, whatever you're using, whatever words you're saying, try that for six months. Whatever formula you're using for your Facebook Live, try it for six months. And then look back and see and then gauge that. And if you're not tracking what you're doing, it's going to be tough. But don't change something because it doesn't work in a day or in a week. You have to continually do it. And then when you stop doing it, maybe you skip a week. You just lost that momentum. And it's like starting all over almost. You've got to start building it up again because it's easy to lose. But once you've got it, you can do less and less. I'm just psycho and I won't turn the dial down. That's the only difference. Mm. I could turn it down. I choose not to, right? It's like the airplane. You got to give it all you got to get off the ground and you're just kind of soaring. I can do that, but I prefer to do this. You know what I'm saying? So that's just me. Yeah, I think you hit a great point that uh, if you do anything for six months, you'd be good at it every single day. You could be the worst. If you do it every day, six months, you'd be good at it. And you may not get to like 20 people a day like Michelle, but if you start off two people a day, and then increase increase to three, to four, to five. In six months, you'll be messaging 20 people a day, like the way Michelle does. That's it. I respect your time. I feel like I could talk to you for two hours, two hours more, but uh, we're going to wrap up. But this is my favorite question is, so you've been in network marketing for only about two years, but what is your worst moment in network marketing to the point maybe you're like, oh, maybe I should have done this, but you stayed in there, and that's why you're the leader you are today. Mm. So I remember, I remember it like it was like yesterday almost. At this time, you know, I was, I was, let's see, so from September to February, so it hadn't been very long, and I hadn't found Ray even yet, so I didn't have any coaching. I was kind of blind, and so I was, I was trying so hard to to build the team because I'd already, you know, I was making money, I was doing good in sales, but I wanted to build a team. And I, I mean, and I, like I said, I've messaged 20 people a day and I'd only recruited like two people within at that time within, within that period. And that's several months. And so I was, I was like, what is happening? So January comes, I barely make any sales as sales sometimes are, they go down. And so February's here. I'm like, I can't live like this. I said, there's no way. If I'm never going to rank up, if I'm never going to, you know, I, I, I can't live. I like made $150 that month and I just couldn't do it. I was like, I am fixing to quit. And I didn't quit. And what happened was the very next month I found Rank Makers and Ray Higdon asked me to speak on his stage because I recruited 11 people in 45 days. Like if I quit, hello, you know. That was my first time ever being asked to speak. That was my first like real moment. Like I got 11 people, but it's because I got some coaching and I didn't quit. But I was so low at this point. It was like, don't get Jace. Thank you. I was so low at this point that it was like, this doesn't work. This is why people, you know, this is why people don't do this. Nobody's here to help me. And like Google, hello. Like, I don't know where I was, but like you can Google anything. Like, it's awesome to have a great upline or whatever, but she couldn't really help it. And I had a phone. Like, there was no reason I couldn't Google it. I don't know why I didn't think of it before that. But I was ready to just be like, nope. And, and what's crazy is that's after I got a car. I was getting, I had got a new phone. I gave my kids, like, the best Christmas they've ever had. That same, like, just a couple months before. But two months later... One down month. That's all it took for me to almost quit. And that's how it is for a lot of people. I feel like they have one down month, but instead of hanging on after that one down month, especially when you're new like that, I think that's when they quit. Mm. And I didn't have any other option. Like I didn't have a plan B. And so it's like, what's quitting going to do for me? And there was really no good answer. So I didn't quit, you know? And I think you invested in coaching as a big part of it. Investing. That is what happened right after that. So the following month, I invested in coaching and got coached and coached and coached. 
No, no, no. And I follow directions very, very clearly. Like, I will not say she's got a boggin on. That's what they're fighting over. But I will not. I'm not one of those people who take in information and then just soak it in to know it and be like when the teacher calls on you, what do you post for people? Raise your hand. Value. Like, I implement every, like, there's a, there's no, like, the line is so thin from what my, when my brain hears it, then when I do it, yeah. it's not some big long process. And I'm grateful for that. But just like I was telling you earlier, it's because of having to go from zero to something every day. There was never any doubt. And I think that that like addictive personality serves me in business um, because I got addicted to, to winning and helping other people win. And, and, and it's, it's works for me. There was never a doubt that if somebody else could do it, even knowing nothing about it, that I could do it. I didn't really believe in myself, but I believed in the model, in, in, in what it is here in network marketing that, that we have the, the opportunity to use as a vehicle if we want to. Well, oh, I think uh, your past also played a big role. I mean, you bounced back from all that stuff. And then, so if you could do that, I mean, this coming from one bad month, you can do it, right? This is nothing yeah. compared to what you went through before. You can do it. And I think you brought a good point where, most people, they had some success and they have one down month. They quit because they're visualizing the negative, right? The thinking should be, if I did it before, hey, I can do it again. Maybe I just yeah. get, need a little help, a little coaching, I can do it again. It's not like, oh, I can't do it uh, because that's all, it's all about mindset, 95%. Like you said, make that decision. You did, you, that yeah. killed off that thing. You, you can do it. So you, can, you have one down month, but you can do it again. You may have to reinvent yourself a little bit, get some coaching, but you can do it. And coaching is so important. Like it really is important. I think that as far as like people talk about retention and, and, you know, keeping their customers and their teammates instead of like recycling people without coaching guaranteed, I would be a really good recruiter that had to recruit over and over and over and keep losing people. But because I got that coaching early on, that saved me, my team, they are a force because I learned how to be an effective leader um, as far as like culture. That culture is my favorite thing. Like there's nothing better than that to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're going to wrap up five more minutes. A couple quick questions. These could be one sentence answers. Okay. We just want to pick right. your brain. First right. one is what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? The man in the arena by Theodore Roosevelt. Um, I was going to say, if you think you can or you can't, you're right. But I heard this one this week, and it's definitely the best one for me. The Man in the Arena by Theodore Roosevelt. Everybody needs to look that up because it will, whether you're at the very beginning or at the very, very top, it will pull you if, if you use it to. It's, it's like as long as you're in the arena, you're not losing. There's people who will never win or lose. And that's worse than not playing at all. I, I love it so much. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? Being coachable. Like every day, getting up and doing what I'm supposed to do. Every day. Every day. Every day. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? The best piece of advice I've ever received. That's a good question. Probably to not put myself in a box. And I know it sounds like... It sounds weird, but the best piece of advice that I ever got was not to, people can put me anywhere they want, but if I allow myself to be put in this box, then I would have never got any farther than I was. And and a lot of times I think that's what people do. They put themselves in this box. They don't see themselves any further than inside of it. And when I allowed myself to see myself somewhere besides in this little box, of what I saw for my life or what other people thought were possible, things began to happen for me. What's your favorite prospecting tool? So you have a qualified prospect. you send them a video or do you add them to a Facebook group, tag them in a video? What do you like to use? I send them a video 99% of the time. Otherwise, it is a PDF. But I do it that way. And the reason why is because that's – I know that a lot of people use ad tag message, and it works for a lot of people, and that's awesome. But to me, it just puts it further out, like uh, like more steps. 
And I want, as a leader, to make things as simple as I possibly can. And so people can ask the question. If they want more information, they can paste the link. And that's way lesser steps than somebody because somebody who's Facebook challenged who don't know really you know how to use it. Um, it's just easier for them to paste the link than all they got to do is copy versus put them in a group. How do you do that? You don't have to teach all that. They can just copy and paste, you know. Do you have a favorite online resource like Dropbox or Evernote or favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? Well, I will tell everybody, Insta Stories are awesome, okay? So there's this thing, it's called Story Arts. Um, and you will, there's so many more views on your stories when you take the time to, to create something like that. You can record the video, put it in that, and it just sets you apart. It, it's still the same thing, but it's different. It, it sets you apart, and that gets eyes on you. So story art, you can look it up on Google Play or um, iTunes, but it'll it'll be called something else on um, Google Play, but you'll, you'll get it pop up. And then Lightroom. Lightroom, okay? And I know that a lot of you pictures may not be a big deal, but they are. People are following you to follow you. So when you take a picture... Put it in Lightroom for two seconds. Turn the light up. If the lighting is bad, turn it up. Make it look good. You want it to catch people's eye, and it literally takes two seconds. So if you're going to consistently post on social media, they're wanting to see you. And so the Lightroom app will help people to stop. It's like I'm giving you the most basic things because we don't need complicated all the time. We need most of the time when you take it back to the basics, start there. You'll get there no matter what. You just got to keep using the same things over and over. What's one or two books you could recommend to ML Nation? Oh, one or two books. Um, my, my, right now, the one that I am upset with is Ray Higdon's Freakishly Effective Leadership for Network Marketers. And then number two would be Fight, Grind, Repeat by Bobby Bones. If you're out in Australia, New Zealand, or want to go to a beautiful place like Australia, I love that country. I go there a couple times a year. Go check out No BS, No Hype. That is the longest-running generic training event in Australia. Uh, all the top leaders in Australia will be there, and you want to be there as well. You can get early bird tickets now at NoBSNoHype.com. Go check it out. Look, look at the panel of speakers, and I'll hope to see you soon in Brisbane, Australia. And here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one. So didn't know any of your friends. You didn't even know your kids. But you had all your wisdom and knowledge. Okay, so you kind of like went to another planet, and um, but they spoke English. What's the first thing you do or the first place you go to build an MLM business from scratch? So uh, I don't know anybody. So there's social media, right? Yep. Okay, well, that's exactly what I would do. I would see what app was the most popular, and I would stick my face in it. And I would immediately start going live. I wouldn't immediately start adding friends. I would immediately start going live and put it public, and so people could follow me. I learned very recently that just because you have a lot of friends, it may be hurting you more than it's helping you. And so... I wouldn't add friends right off the bat because I wouldn't know them, but I would instantly start going live and messaging people right off the rip, right off the rip. And I wouldn't stop at 20. Probably if I didn't know anybody, that's what I would do. I would find the best social media platform, put myself on a video every single day and message people every day because that is what works. That's what's worked for me. Hey, you've been awesome. As we wrap up, any last words or advice? And then what's the best way listeners can connect with you, follow you? I have a Facebook, obviously. It's just Michelle Eldridge. I don't want it's I don't want to try to tell you the thing, but it's just Michelle Eldridge. My picture's black and white. I've got it undercut. It's turned to the side. You'll see me. And then my Instagram is super simple at underscore Michelle underscore Eldridge. But my advice for anybody who's listening right now is Probably quitting doesn't speed it up. And I'm sure you're well aware of that. But 
dig a little deeper. The grass is green where it's watered. And I know a lot of times um, it's easy to, to get shiny object syndrome and, and see somebody's talking about a new company or so-and-so's winning here and there. And, and that's what the posts are meant to do is to catch your eye. But you have to remember always, and this is really truly my biggest piece of advice, that your grass is going to be green where it's watered. It's going to be the same work in another company. It's going to be the same thing. The same denominator is you. So if you don't give up and you work where you are, you will get there. You have to just, you don't have to believe in yourself. You have to take action imperfectly anyway and don't quit. Don't jump ship to ship. Stay where you are and make it work because that is how you're going to get there. Just don't quit on yourself. Hey, ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you'll be hanging out with Michelle Eldridge. So keep up the momentum. Go to MLNation.com and uh, you see the show notes there and the links to follow Michelle and... Um, Get in touch with her because this lady is making things happen. Uh, it's an incredible story we just heard today. So, hey, in order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So, Michelle, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, Michelle, and God bless you. Thank you. It was my honor. Thank you so, so much for having me. Y'all keep rocking over here at MLM Nation. Bye. Don't forget, ML Nation, if you want a major breakthrough in your business, then you must attend MLS Nation's live event, No BS, No Hype, in Brisbane, Australia, on August 24th and 25th. And right now, you can save with an early bird ticket if you get there, act fast enough. Just go to NoBSNoHype.com. And I look forward to seeing you there. Hey, ML Nation, Simon Chan. What an incredible show. With a Michelle Eldridge. This is actually one of the longest episodes that we've had in a long time, but you can probably understand why. I just want to keep going and going. Make sure you check out the show notes page. You want to see a picture of Michelle when she was in jail, I guess the before and after picture. You can go there. Just go to mlnation.com and also the links to uh, connect with our Facebook and Instagram will be there as well. And if you like this episode, please take uh, like 20 seconds, you know, support the profession. I'll please subscribe, rate, and review for us. That would be really helpful. I actually read every one of those reviews and it helps me make the show better. Yeah, I don't even know where to start for the aha moments. I think one of the lessons is be, you know, the your worst moments are the raw materials for your future success, right? Your our worst moments and Michelle, you know, I'm definitely most of us don't have her background and past, but instead of taking it as a disadvantage, she saw it as gave her strength to build, to you know, allow her to achieve the success she's had, like being resourceful, right? I'm going back to like she had to sell the toys and the clothes on Facebook Marketplace to get enough money to join. Right, it's resourceful. It's not the lack of resources, ML Nation. It's the la- your lack of resourcefulness if you're stuck. Yeah. So think about it. So even when when Michelle when she well, had a bad down month, instead of quitting, she like, hey, she bounced back. She do. And you know, I don't know if you pick up up on that. She invested in herself in coaching, which is really important. It doesn't matter what coach out there. You some a lot of times you got to get outside of the box, which you talked about. We can't stay in that same box. We can't be comfortable because we're not growing there. Especially, you know, Michelle, her upline wasn't able to support her, was, was pregnant, but she became resourceful, right? She got started and she gave you the formula for um, Facebook Lives and what to do, introducing yourself, go straight into it, make them feel they can, you want to make it, keep it easy, make people feel they can do that as well. Give the content, give a little recap, and then give a call to action. We talk about the psychology of follow-ups. And that's worth going back and listening. This is an episode that's worth going back to listen three, five times. Not just for the inspiration, but the psychology of, you know, if you feel like you're bothering people, you are wrong. You are helping people, right? You're, people may be thanking you. Maybe people are busy. I mean, right now, if you're listening to this, we're recording this in the summer, July of 2019. The summer, people are not thinking about you, what you have. They're thinking about the summer heat. They're thinking about the summer barbecue, weekend barbecue. They think about vacation. They're thinking about... Everything except for what the video you sent them, right? But that does not mean they're not interested. They just they've got other things going on. It requires follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. You know, we talked about her DMO that she did, right? Intense, right? 20 messaging 20 people a day, posting on Instagram, Facebook, sending in 10 gratitude messages, 10 genuine comments, doing a video, 
doing stories. She gave you the seven stories on Instagram, give you a tool that you can use to make your better stories called Story Art, right? For photos, she gave a Lightroom. Tons of great nuggets on here. I also talk about consistency. Like the number one trait for all people that I've interviewed is consistency, consistency, what you need to do. And you may not be able to get to where Michelle's level right now with that type of cons- that type of 20 messages, but start small. And you do anything for six months, you'd be good at it. But the problem is, I think this is the thing that bugs me most about no people uh, network marketing because you all deserve to be successful. But you, you, you're starting on Instagram and now you see some course on YouTube and now you want to do YouTube too. Like, forget that. Just stay with one thing and one course, and you will get there. One strategy. Because if you keep jumping around, you will never get there. Okay? Stay with one thing and keep going and going on. Anything that I've done well, is all been focused. Anything that I have not done well, and, you know, just be fully transparent. I've been there before. I've jumped around doing different things. Never worked out. Stay with one thing for six months. Be patient with it. And yeah, she gave great tools in the million dollar question going Facebook Live and messaging people. And I love what she said. You know, quitting does not speed things up. Be patient, stay in there, and don't ever stay in the box and um, be resourceful. Anyway, I can go on and on. Great show. Go back and listen to it. Go get in touch with Michelle. Message her, thank her uh, for uh, sharing her valuable time. You heard her daughter wake up too. I think she fell back asleep, but it was, but hey. I'm lucky my sons didn't walk in on me, especially my three-year-old. But anyway, ML Nation, thank you for listening. Please leave a review and uh, subscribe on iTunes. You know, I'm loud and proud of this amazing profession, turning from someone with a past, like a drug addict, homeless jail, to what now she's empowering others. Really incredible, this profession we can do. Uh, I'm proud of it. And now it's over to you. You know, I'm Simon Chan. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being part of ML Nation. And remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all.